millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The FTC is appealing Judge Corley's decision in the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard case. For July 14th, 2023, this is Let's Play Daily Gaming News. Hey, what's going on? My name's Nate Bender, and welcome to Let's Play, a daily gaming news podcast where we run down everything you need to know from the gaming world in about five minutes. Coming up, the PlayStation 5 Access Controller finally gets a release date. Bungie wins a sizable lawsuit against one player who decided to harass the devs. And we'll check out the week that was in video game news with the Friday Replay. Literally five minutes after I put the finishing touches on yesterday's episode of Let's Play, the Federal Trade Commission filed its appeal to Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley's decision. And I wasn't able to address this breaking news because of severe thunderstorms in my area until after 1 a.m. That being said, at this time, it's unclear if the Ninth Circuit Court will hear this appeal or deny it based on the lower court's ruling. However, the FTC appeal doesn't really change much of the speculation that I had yesterday. There are just three outcomes instead of two. First, an appeal could force Microsoft to abandon the deal outright, giving Activision Blizzard a $3 billion payday for the failed merger attempt. Second, Microsoft actually fights this appeal, and depending on how the Ninth Circuit rules, this case could make it all the way to the Supreme Court, leading to wide-reaching ramifications on antitrust laws. Or third, the Ninth Circuit Court denies the appeal and Microsoft acquires Activision Blizzard without any regulatory oversight. Personally, the last outcome is the most likely, given how poorly the FTC argued their case. However, if the appeal is heard, I put bets on Microsoft fighting this all the way to the Supreme Court, which would continue to set a precedent for similar companies to push through mergers with little to no regulatory oversight. Months back, Sony first announced their new accessibility solution, the PlayStation 5 Access Controller. 
The Access Controller is a circular pad that is endlessly customizable, allowing users to swap out buttons, joysticks, and other accessibility devices, letting users customize every feature of the accessibility controller to their needs. The Access can also be used with a normal PlayStation 5 DualSense controller, allowing for further customization. Sony has also reworked their entire accessibility software options in the PlayStation 5, letting users remap buttons, change sensitivities, colors, contrast, and much more to cater to every game experience the user needs. These new accessibility options are also baked into the PlayStation 5, allowing developers to easily plug these features into their games. Now, a couple of months back, the only thing we didn't know about this accessibility controller was its release date and price point, which changed yesterday, with Sony announcing that the Access Controller will be launching globally on December 6th, and you can pre-order your Access Controller next Friday for $90, significantly cheaper than I had initially thought this controller was going to cost at launch. Overall, accessibility options like the Access Controller are something the gaming industry desperately needs to embrace industry-wide, and having an industry standard would allow developers to easily develop for these accessibility controllers, opening up the world of gaming to many who were previously relegated to watching the action happen. And to round this week off with some actual good legal news, Bungie has won a half-million-dollar lawsuit against a Destiny 2 player. Now, you're probably wondering why Bungie sued a Destiny 2 player. Well, this particular player, who will be identified by his last name, Commer, is a deeply bigoted individual, and what led him to being sued was his reaction to a This Week in Destiny blog. For those unaware, This Week in Destiny is a blog to highlight employees and community members each week. It's a pretty wholesome and inclusive way to shed light on those who make and play Destiny 2. However, Commer is a bigot, so instead of having a normal reaction, he took it upon himself to wage a campaign of, and I quote, racist stochastic terrorism on one of Bungie's employees. Commer found the employee's personal phone number and proceeded to send horrifically offensive voicemails to them constantly. In one example, the voicemail was asking that, quote, the employee convinced Bungie to create options in the game in which only persons of color would be killed. Jesus f***ing Christ. Commer didn't stop there, though. He continued to escalate things further by finding the employee's address, which Commer used to order pizzas with the payment requested on delivery, and sent threats to dox the employee as well. Commer's actions didn't go unnoticed, however. Bungie did reach out and provided services for the employee to try to protect them from this harassment. However, that eats into Bungie's bottom line, so they sued Commer for damages. And since Commer's actions led to a new way to damage a business, a new precedent was set in tort law, where employers are now able to sue for damages caused by targeted online harassment campaigns. So Commer now owes Bungie $500 million in damages and online harassment is starting to see some wide-reaching consequences. All right, it's Friday, and this is normally where we would read a podcast review. But guess what? We don't have one. 
So head on over to Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Edit, CastBox, Podchaser, and Amazon and leave us a review. We'll read it here on Friday. All right, with it being Friday, let's check out some of the biggest stories from this week in gaming with the Friday Replay. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Back on November 13th, 2020, Ubisoft Montreal fell victim to a swatting attack at their Canadian-based studio. At the time, 22-year-old gamer Yanni Oyahayun called police to report that there was an active shooter at the Montreal studio, claiming that the active shooter had taken hostages inside the building. Yanni apparently did this because he was mad at Ubisoft for banning him roughly 80 times from Rainbow Six Siege. Fast forward to this month, where Yanni has finally been tried for the swatting. He was also tried for his DDoS attack against the French government in 2021, along with making threats against Mojang, the developer of Minecraft all of which he pleaded guilty to. For all three of these crimes, the Paris court sentenced Yanni to three years of community service. He is also ordered to compensate his victims in some way and undergo treatment for his mental problems. Personally, I find this sentence to be a slap on the wrist, especially for someone who has a proven track record of terrorizing not just online communities, but entire game studios and government offices. Even going off of France's penal code regarding swatting, which carries a prison sentence of up to two years and a 30,000 euro fine, Yanni got off pretty easy. Over the weekend at TwitchCon Paris, Twitch announced a bunch of new features slated for the streaming platform this year. The main features showcased focused on short-form content. The first feature showed off was Stories, which is a mobile feature that allows streamers to send clips to their viewers. The clips will last for 24 hours and will only show up on the Twitch mobile application. Twitch is also implementing a discovery feed for clips. The discovery feed is a scrollable feed similar to YouTube Shorts and TikTok. 
Twitch says that this feed should help streamers to be discovered on the platform. Alongside these two clip features, Twitch is also reworking the clip editor to support vertical video editing and will also support exporting directly to TikTok. These clip features are supposed to start slowly rolling out to some users in October, and the broader rollout will come at a later date. Later this month, though, Twitch is rolling out some smaller changes to the platform. For advertisements, Twitch is adding ad break countdowns for both viewers and streamers, notifying both when ads will play. Streamers will also have the ability to snooze ads or delay them to better suit their content. For moderation, Twitch is adding the ability for moderators to share mod comments with each other. In the past, mod comments were only between the streamer and the moderator themselves, and shield mode is getting extended into alerts as well, allowing streamers and moderators to shut down malicious alerts during hate raids. And lastly, Twitch is rolling out the guest star feature site-wide, letting up to five streamers collaborate and stream together together while simultaneously live on their own channels. Overall stories, the discovery feed, and the clip editor update are all things Twitch should have had some form of years ago, and it's really hard to say whether or not they will improve discoverability on the platform, especially when full implementation of these new features could be more than a year out for most users. That being said, though, the features coming later this month are great changes that should improve the horrendous ad viewing experience on Twitch, and should help enable streamers and moderators to be more transparent with each other while combating bad actors on the platform. Yesterday, July 11th, Microsoft won in court against the Federal Trade Commission and was given the go-ahead to acquire Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. The final decision was made by Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley after five days of hearings and nine days of deliberation. Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, took to Twitter shortly after the ruling, saying, quote, We're grateful to the court for swiftly deciding in our favor. The evidence showed that Activision Blizzard deal is good for the industry and the FTC's claims about console-switching multi-game subscription services and cloud don't reflect the realities of the gaming market. The FTC voiced their disappointment with Judge Corley's decision, stating that Microsoft will now have the power to foreclose on its competition in cloud, mobile, and console gaming. And to be perfectly honest here, the FTC is right on the money. I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction. If I'm wrong, go ahead and roast me. But by the end of this next console cycle, so the 10th generation of consoles, Call of Duty will be a Microsoft exclusive. This also includes PlayStation staples like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro, which are now property of Microsoft. Now, something that the FTC should be harping on but haven't is the conflict of interest Judge Corley has with Microsoft themselves. Because according to the Revolving Door Project, Judge Corley's son works for Microsoft in some capacity, which should have been grounds for her to recuse herself from the case, but she chose not to. Overall, this decision is a massive blow to consumers, one that we'll be feeling the effects of for decades to come. 
I'm confident in predicting that Microsoft will slowly foreclose on its competition and eventually start to become more aggressive about price gouging. And the reason that I'm confident about that is because Microsoft has done this exact thing with Mojang and Bethesda. The bottom line is that this merger is going to negatively impact most gamers, be it funneling more money out of your wallet or forcing you to abandon your current console to continue playing the franchise you want to play. Recently, the Video Game History Foundation conducted a study to figure out how much access the U.S. public has to classic video games. What the foundation found is that 87% of all classic games are unavailable, while 13% are available through re-releases, remakes, and officially supported emulation services. The Video Game History Foundation classified classic games as any game released between 1980 and 2010. The foundation further broke down availability of games per platform, showing that older platforms like 1982's Commodore 64 have abysmal availability in 2023, with only 4.5% of the Commodore 64's game library being available today. However, relatively newer platforms like 2000's PlayStation 2 have only managed to reach a 12% availability. The Video Game History Foundation points out that out of all the data they collected, there was no time period nor platform that rose above a 20% availability. The availability of early American silent films from 1900 to 1920 is around 14%, which is slightly higher than the 13% availability of all games from 1980 to 2010. The study further shows how the volatile video game market and archaic copyright laws have prevented preservation efforts, leading to lower classic game availability compared to media released over a hundred years ago. The Video Game History Foundation also warns that as time goes on, availability of classic games will continue to wane, pointing to the recent closure of the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U digital stores, which halved the availability of Game Boy games to just 5%. Overall, it's quite sobering to finally see quantifiably how bad the preservation of video games is, and are clearly on the brink of losing the complete history History of gaming if it continues down this road. All right, well, that's it for today's episode of Let's Play. Make sure you subscribe so you can come back on Monday for even more video game news. Follow us on TikTok at Let's Play Gaming News and leave us a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Podchaser, and Amazon. Story selection and writing by Aaron Pillen. You can follow him on Twitter at Lloyd underscore RNG. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate Benderama and catch me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. My name's Nate Bender. Keep listening.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.